Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, and uh, we we break down the record, the artwork, you know, how it was made, and uh, and everything else. But uh, actually, you know, this week we're not doing that. This is this is a weird week for us. Um, we're actually doing a soundtrack to an album, or a soundtrack to a movie called Dead Man from 1995, which we'll get more into a little bit later. But while you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and five stars only. Go do that. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio, and my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Um, so, so let's, uh, like uh, I said, we're doing uh, Dead Man. I'm all over the place. Uh, uh, this is this is the most worried I've been about doing a podcast episode in years. In years. Um, because in there's years. no structure to this episode. <laughs> I don't know why we decided to do the soundtrack to this movie, except that it was Neil Young, and he's Canadian, and that's... That's it's Canada season, baby, but um, yeah, th- there's nothing really to the soundtrack. So I figure we're just gonna it's gonna be two dudes shitting around for a little while. Probably gonna be our shortest episode yet, and um, I guess we're gonna have try to have a good time doing it. So we'll try. Let's uh, let, let's kind of start off with, with the movie. This, so this movie, like I said, 1995, Johnny Depp stars in it. Um, it's filmed all in black and white, and um, very low budget movie. And it's a it's it's a western. It's a weird kind of. It was almost like they tried to make like like a David Lynch movie, um, but just didn't really succeed. But it, it's a good movie. Not as good as I remember. But um, but yeah, and the soundtrack was done by Neil Young, which we'll get a, get a little bit more into. But what kind of what are your what are your thoughts on on the movie Dead Man? So the first time I I, I watched Dead the Dead Bands was when Netflix mm-hmm. was around and delivering DVDs before streaming. And this is yes. uh, this is like high school, early high school. And so I was just trying to get through like a ton of just like old AFI, uh, American Film Institute, like top 100 movies of all time. And just trying to watch as much as possible. This is before I even worked for Blockbuster. And eventually came across Dead Band. And uh, I didn't even know it was Dead Band. <laughs> I didn't Dead even Band, know, yeah. I didn't even know it was uh, Neil Young until the decade later because i didn't really care about new young then when i was a kid anyway but uh yeah i I liked it when i watched it as like a kid i liked it when i watched it like five years ago ten years ago two years ago a year ago yesterday i think this movie's amazing (laughs) i I don't i don't think this is this is any way shape or form trying to be a david lynch movie and they failed i think this is his own thing this is this is something entirely different this is something that's that's it's amazing this is a work of art this is fantastic it's cool. It's interesting. It's different for sure. It kind of tries to take like kind of esoteric approach, but not as extreme as David Lynch does, but it still kind of has that feel to it. Um, and it's, it, it is, it is a good movie. I will say that it is a good movie. I watched it for the first time back when you, you found it, you brought the movie to me and, and you said definitely get it. And I got it from Netflix, the OG Netflix, like early two thousands, mid two thousands. Um, and I liked it then. I thought it was really cool. I watched it again probably like maybe 10, 12 years ago and thought it was good. But watching it twice this week, it just it just didn't resonate with me the same way it used to. And it's still good, but I mean, there are far better Johnny Depp movies. Um, but yeah, that's good. It's good. The soundtrack and, and knowing knowing now that it's Neil Young and, you know, we're such we love fucking Neil Young now. Um, just knowing that it's him and, and the process, his how they recorded it and he wrote the songs for the for the movie is so fucking rad, right? Yeah, he was dicking around. He was just like improvised. He's like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. Let me just watch it at the same time <laughs> I'm doing it. He's probably like smoking pot, dude, and he's fucking playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, the, the, the idea was he for him to improvise the entire soundtrack, just a guitar. There's some organ in there too, but it's primarily just all guitar, really distorted guitar and um and yeah he literally locked himself in his studio threw the movie on threw on like some sort of like 
eight track or 24 track or something and just started recording. And that's what you get in the movie. And you could really tell it's improvised because there are moments that are like, dude, you should have hit, like there should have been some like crescendo here. There should have been something to accent what was going on in the movie. And there are definitely moments you could tell like this is, this is for sure improvised, but his stuff is fucking, it's rad. It's, it's, it's sick. And it, his guitar tone. Oh my God. It's incredible. It's 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 perfect for this movie though because this movie, and again, they, I, like I don't know why you hate this movie so much. This movie is 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 so much bigger than that. It's it's poetic, right? This movie, the, like how can a movie be poetic? It's, th- that's what this movie is. Like the the cool kind of contrast between, you know, like the the absolute like cruelty of the world, but then also like the very like beautiful landscapes that are there. Mm-hmm. Like the first scene in the in, in the train car. We're, we're looking out the windows and it's just like like beautiful mountainsides and they're going across America and you're seeing these these great like hills and trees and forests but then everybody in the car is just kind of either like a like a a dirty train conductor or somebody loading coal or some kind of hunter or just some overall douchebag with a gun that is just mm-hmm. super excited to shoot something outside of the train right that's like yeah, the that's... first scene that we get <laughs> like they're all fucking stoked about that. <laughs> When I watched it uh, again this week, I forgot about that part where the the guy gets up with his rifle and he points it out the train window and just starts shooting. Then everybody gets up and starts shooting that shit, and you find out that they're just shooting wild buffalo for no reason. No they even fucking say that. reason. They even say that they, they're they're literally killing them for no reason, just because the government. It was something like the government told them to do that. There was something. It was something weird like that, and it's just like, damn, dude, that's probably how it really fucking was. Too. Yeah, these people are fucking that's why, mo- that's absolute why, monsters. That's why fucking Buffalo almost went extinct back in the eight, late 1800s. And it's just, it's, but, it's, it's um, a cool yeah. way. It's a cool way for the movie to show. I mean, it, it's based in like, like mid like 19th century, um, like the frontier, right. Of, of, of the industrial yeah. revolution here in, in America. And specifically, I think the, the Pacific Northwest is where we're, we're focusing on. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's where, that's where we meet the, I guess we can talk about the movie a little bit more. Yeah. Johnny Depp. His name is William Blake. And he's going to get a job that has already been taken, but he doesn't know that, so it's taken him like a month and two months to get there, some shit like that. But he just kind of gets treated like shit the whole time. And he gets there, and he's, he's treated like shit, and he's kind of laughed at and scoffed at. And then he, uh, he ends up killing a guy, and then from then on, it's just his his eventual just decline into death and how he is processing his own mortality and how he chooses to mm-hmm. live the last days of his life before he knows that he's going to die and what he chooses to do, who he chooses to be with and just like, I don't know how he chooses to perceive the world. I think this movie is, uh, I think this movie is, is I think this movie is one of the greatest. I, I think it's one of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest. Come on. I do. Mike. I think there's, on. I think there's so much here. You're, you're, you're skipping, you're missing. You're, you're not, no, I, you're not understanding. It, I think it's unreal. It's a, it is a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It is a good movie, but it's, I just don't like it as much as I used to. That's all I would say. That's all I was saying. Maybe maybe you've grown cold in your old age, and you've 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 maybe maybe you like the goggles that you were able to take on and off have grown like permanently to your head. So maybe <laughs> that's why you can't enjoy this movie as you may have in the past. Oh man, possibly it's possible, and I f- I found it just kind of funny that. He gets shot so many times. He gets shot in the fucking chest. That's the first time he gets shot. He gets shot in the chest. He gets found by a Native American guy named Nobody who was very, you know, westernized. He went, like, in the story, he go as a child, he was taken to London and went to school there. So he's very westernized, but he still follows his his Native American heritage and what all well, they do and that's everything. Kind of. Yeah, he was kidnapped and then enslaved. And then kind yes. of like brought into the white man's world and then educated. And that's how he knew about William Blake. And that's when, when he met the Johnny poet. Depp, whose name is William Blake. He was like, holy shit, like, what the fuck is going on? And because he still holds those kind of like Native American beliefs, it was this more like existential thing that dawned on him that had to have been bigger than he was, like fate almost. And that's why he decided to help William Blake. Because William Blake, the poet, you know, from England, I think he's from London specifically, but he was the one that helped nobody, the Native American from America, kind of get mm. through those troubling times. And so it was yeah. just like this, this, this divine intervention thing. And that's, that's kind of like where this whole thing came from. But the actor that played we, nobody, too, is, is like an indigenous person of America. He's, he's, he is, yeah. You know, like they like chose a, people. 
Was it like Cree Indian or something like that? He was uh, the... Cayuga, Cayuga, Caruga. Cayuga, okay. <laughs> My God. Caruga. You like the train horns? Like a... <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but you know, it was cool. Caruga. But yeah, it's going. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it is cool that, that they that they did cast somebody of, you know, of that heritage of Native American. A lot of the know. a lot of the people that portray Native Americans are actually of Native American descent or one of like the first people uh, descent. So mm-hmm. like that's another thing that the movie gets right. And then also too like all the dialogue that's in whatever indigenous language that is being spoken is not subtitled. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that was intentional too. It's, it's it's meant for us, like the listener, to kind of feel isolated and not part of their quote unquote tribe. We're we're the ones who are supposed to feel like outsiders now, watching this dialogue happen, and then that's that's rad. It is, not, and, and not many I, movies I read that. somewhere too that uh, a lot of a lot of Native American groups and and organizations they say this is like the best represent the best. Repres- representation by a white person of Native American culture. And I thought that was really rad to have that kind of like, I guess accolade is that the right the right word to use? Um, that's I thought that was just super rad. Like the guy, I forgot the guy who created who made the movie Jim Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, Jim Jarmusch. Like Jarmusch. he like he really did his fucking research for this movie. And uh, I mean, he made he did make a great movie in the end. Well, he's from he's um, from like the Ohio area. Um, but that specific Ohio area is also like the Cahuya, Cahuga part of where like the, the, I think it's just too fun to not do that. Um, so like, I think he probably just, you know, through osmosis grew up in the area where that tribe, is that even like the right word? Like the tribe? Cause I'm like tribes like yeah. massive. I don't no, know. I guess you could say tribe. Yeah. Or nation. I mean, this is, this good. Yeah. Nation is probably like a better word. This goes to show yeah. like how, how, how blind we are to the indigenous population. That's why, that's why it's so terrible <laughs> over here for Native Americans in general. Um, but yeah, yeah Jim Jarmusch was also like highly um, inspired by by other kind of like beatnik poets and and other like counterculture people from the sixties and seventies. So, mm-hmm. including like Frank Zappa, like the Mothers and Jack Carell, like all these guys, like he was very heavily inspired by them of doing things the opposite way. He's also inspired. Well, Andy a lot Warhol. of a lot of a lot. Of, I was reading more into it too, and a lot of the people, a lot of the characters named in the in the movie were named were in reference to a lot of 60s poets, musicians and and things like that, which I thought was kind of neat too. Not like oh it wasn't like, you know, this guy's Jim Morrison or anything like that. He would use like one person's last name and another person's first name, but it was like kind of like a an homage to to people he had he admired back in the 60s. So I thought that was kind of neat too. Very neat. Very cool, very nice. Yeah. And I for, I lost my train of thought right now. God damn it! Well, then, um, so then I just so like yeah. this whole movie is great because it's constantly showing this this contrast between like good and evil. Whether or not good is and evil is like a man made concept, or the good mm-hmm. is Robert Blake, Johnny Depp walking through town and seeing like this beautiful horse, but then it's tied up to this post, and then the guy holding the 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 rope is this dude who's getting like like a blowjob at gunpoint by some girl in the back alley and yeah. then points a gun at, at Johnny Depp as he's walking by. And then Johnny Depp focuses back on where he's leading and in the background there's this beautiful mountainous landscape. But then there's like big like billows of black smog coming through it. And it's like the entire movie is like that. And it's just, yeah. it's it's constantly making you like love and hate where you come from, who you are, mankind in general. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, Crispin Glover's in this too. Great actor. But he's only in it for that one scene on the train. That's all you need. He plays the 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 coal the I guess the coal guy. I don't, yeah, I don't even know. I, I don't know what the, what is your job. <laughs> he's not title? a conductor. Coal shoveler. He's not, yeah, coal shoveler. Guy yeah, just he's like not throws the coal in the engine and fucking walks away. <laughs> and he's like he's like it's almost like he's in blackface. Like he's yeah. just covered in black coal. I guess coal is black, so that's redundant. But um, but yeah, no, I, I love that scene too when he's talking to Johnny Depp. The dialogue was like. That's some like Tarantino shit. It reminded me, it was very Tarantino-esque. Um, and, and what I thought was really cool about this movie, because the soundtrack was all improvised from Neil Young, there's so much dead air. But it adds a lot of tension to scenes that normally wouldn't have that same tension had there been a proper score applied to it. So I love the accidental... The accidental... The, the accidental intentions. That's, that's yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, 
that that part is really cool. Dialogue, like music, and just like the way, just the way things are shot, right? Even like from the train, like the perspective. Mm-hmm. Every time it shows the outside of the train, like we never see an outside shot of the train with Johnny Depp's face in it. It's always just the outside shot, and then it's always like the landscapes. And then the last time we see the outside part of the train is when it's blo- our view is blocked by the back of the heads of all the people randomly shooting buffaloes out there. So like that's the last yeah. time we see this beautiful like untouched natural habitat before we end up getting into the actual movie itself. I think all these yeah. little things, I don't know, build build to this great I don't know, this, this great like pillaging and, and and fucking of the natural world and its inhabitants. I also love the awkwardness of the, the opening scene too because it'll go it'll it'll be on William Blake or Johnny Depp and you know he'll go to sleep or whatever or something there'll be like a time some sort of time lapse and then it would show his point of view again and it'd be all different people in the in the cab and at no point does anybody talk everybody kind of looks at each other i just the awkwardness of it and just how realistic that is you know you you go on a train you, you go on like an amtrak train or something like that nobody's talking it's always fucking quiet all you hear is the train moving Everybody's talking in like hushed tones if they are talking. I just love the the kind of like realness and kind of awkwardness of that all and locking eyes with somebody and you don't really know where to look again. It, it just, it was really well done. It's beautiful. Capturing that. Yeah, this capturing a, that was really well done. We, we are like a country. We are society. We are, are, are this movie is like defined by capitalism, right? And, and everybody's just out for their own and I will get it whatever way possible and that's why everybody's so quiet on the train everybody's untrustworthy of each other. Nobody cares. And it, everyone will do whatever it takes to step on anybody to get what they want. And like, that is the tone that is set within the first like 30 seconds of this movie. Yeah. It's amazing. And thinking about like how awkward it is too. Like you get this, the crazy coal shoveler and Crispin Glover walking up for no reason, you know, and he stares at the out, entire time. Yeah. And just singling out William Blake for no reason. Just, yapping like he, he like johnny depp like has no almost no lines during that during that scene it's almost like like crispin glover is just like giving a monologue and just i i just love that that awkwardness in, in it all and um yeah that that opening scene is i to me it's one of my i think it's one of the best moments in the whole movie um and uh and yeah you just like you were saying as you progress through the movie you see his character william blake just kind of just kind of fall into like this depressive state like he doesn't know you just feel this um like loneliness this this desperation all throughout the movie and then he meets up with nobody again and really it was it was actually really sad throughout most of the movie William Blake's companion is his horse he has his horse with him all the time and then he gets shot that one last time nobody finds him and takes him on the canoe down the river and he has to abandon his horse and the horse is on the bank of the river and just like like whining and everything and they just kind of, and Johnny Depp's just like looking at the horse just like with sorrow in his eyes and it's just like that was like his his I don't want to say happiness well, but it was his it. companion that's yeah that's it was his death. companion that's his, that's his transition into the afterlife that's his acceptance yeah. of his of his reality of what of what he had helped build right because he's like the whole movie is him realizing like holy shit maybe capitalism is not the best thing for this the way like his yeah. best friend nobody saved him and how he gets treated throughout the movie. Remember the deer scene? That's my favorite yeah. scene is the fucking deer scene. I'll yeah, cry. Scene I'll still cry. Yeah. I don't even care. And now like Johnny Depp and William Blake is realizing, holy shit, we are we are fucking this world up, man. We are fucking the society up. And that, that last scene of him in the canoe with his little, you know, Davy Crockett hat on and looking at his horse and you know, he's thinking like, Yeah, the world is, is probably better off without me in it because he's done nothing. He's learned something, but he really hasn't done anything. And he, what do you, he's not what the do you hero. Of, he's not the villain. He's just a nobody. No. He's a nobody. Yeah. <laughs> what do you make of the ending? Because nobody takes him to the to the uh, to the nation, to the Native American. Or I don't even know what you would call them, but he takes him there to essentially die. They give him like peyote and other yeah. you know, drugs. But what, what do you make? I mean, I don't. I know there's a deeper meaning to it, but I don't. No, I think I, I think the deeper there's no deeper meaning. It's just it's it's clear that he's on his it's some Viking funeral thing. This is his deathbed, 
and he's going out yeah. to see, you know, like from the earth, return to the earth type of thing. But I think the important thing is that he is, he has realized, and he's he, he understood it at the deer. What do you call a baby deer? Like a fawn, a fawn or something. A fawn. Yeah, at the Bambi death right? scene. That's when. No, no, no. Wait. wait. Oh, oh yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah. It's a fawn. baby deer is called. Who cares? Yeah, it's a fawn. Yeah, a, a doe. A doe is a female deer. A, a doe is a baby. A deer. deer? A female a deer. Female deer. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think he became true to like his character or who his character was expected to become at that deer death scene. And I think his his yeah. death scene was finally like his actual acceptance. Um because like there's a lot of cultures that accept death in a different way than than other cultures and, and here in America I don't, I don't can't speak for the whole world but how we treat the elderly and we've talked about it extensively is, is absolutely yeah. a, terrible and awful it's abysmal yeah. and we just we really really pretend that like death is not a part of us and we just try and hide it in any way shape or form and just and that really sucks for people that are dying and getting older and getting closer to their death age but i think the dear death mm-hmm. scene is like the most important scene in the in the movie because it's his acceptance of that will become him no matter what but i think he's yeah. lucky because he's on borrowed time he should have died after that bullet went through that that girl's heart the girl and then, fell, and then like hit him like he that's yeah. he should have died then. So he he's essentially on borrowed time this entire time and he's just lucky. Well that then he gets shot again in the in the shoulder. Yeah. Um and then he gets shot a third time and that's yeah. when nobody finds him. So he gets shot three fucking times. And it just his 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 fight for survival too was um it was it was an interesting watch. Um, you know, he he went from this timid guy who had never shot a gun before to killing somebody to be a wanted man. You know he's he's ripping wanted posters off of off of trees and shit. Um, he's on the run from assassins from the government. He he ends up killing you know a, you know police uh, sh- not sheriffs but you know uh, police he's, essentially. He's killing or being a part of killing a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, and then and then the one scene with uh, with Iggy Pop, the three of them. That's like my that's my <laughs> other favorite scene in the movie too. That's <laughs> like a, that's like a Tarantino movie. Yeah, it Dude, really that's was fucking bizarre. Iggy, like, what the fuck Iggy are you talking about? Dressed in cross dressing, um, yeah, and it just and they're making beans with possum meat. It's it's a fucking bizarre scene, but it's good. It the, it's good dialogue. Um, yeah, it's good. It's very very Tarantino esque for sure. But yeah. Iggy Pop did did a great job too. I mean, I think he's a he's a pretty good actor. For, I mean, I've only seen him in Dead Man, and I've seen him in The Adventures of Pete and Pete, which he's good in that show too. Um, but he always plays. I mean, he's in weird shit. Yeah, he's a I weird mean, dude. So yeah, he just he looks the part. He looks like just like a dirty, I don't know, cowboy living in the woods, eating beans yeah. and eating carcasses. Probably <laughs> I don't know. Fuck, he's doing out there. Yeah, and then the one the one assassin fucking just eating people. Yeah, know, kills because there's there's three assassins hired to go for or bounty hunters essentially to go find William Blake. There's the young African American guy. He's probably I think they say he's like 14 or something like that. And then there's the guy who killed his whole family and ate them. And then there's the other kind of grungy dude. I forgot his name. But then the the guy who ends up eating everybody kills them all and then eats one of them. That's the other <laughs> guy in the Iggy crazy. Pop group. That's Billy Bob Thornton too. Was it? Yeah. So like the guy now who's they, like I don't give a fuck who did what or who fucked who or who ate who. That that guy's Billy Bob Thornton. Oh shit! Because I remember I saw him on the and. You know the the credits, but I don't. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. You like that kind of like movie. Russian looking, like mink hat on and the yeah. big beard. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good scene. That's a good scene. It is, but it's a good movie. I mean, overall, it, it is a good movie. Um, but you know, we're not we're not here to talk about the movie necessarily. We're here to talk about the soundtrack. We're yeah. what twenty five minutes in. We've only talked about the movie, but we are in Canada season, so we got to talk about Neil Young a bit. Um, the soundtrack. And are 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 you good with the movie? I'm good talking about the movie. I'm talking about the movie all day. Else? Are you kidding me? There's so much more here. Doctor Octopus in this fucking movie. Like, there's so much stuff going on in this movie. Is, who who is he? He's the uh, what's the Mexican dude who was in Nina Jones in the very beginning? Throw me the rope and I'll throw you the whip, or throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whip. Oh, he's that in guy. it. Yeah, he's Who's like the he he's like the movie? traitor that like tries to like betray um Johnny Depp and kill him in the towards the very end, like in the little outpost. I do not remember that. Uh, yeah, he's also he's also Doctor Octopus. The fuck is his name? Yeah, I don't know his name. I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't I don't remember his name. 
Throw me that all through the whip. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick. And then he gets, remember he gets spiked on the way out. He does. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones sees him. <laughs> Fucking dick. That's what you get. That's a great opening opening sequence, too. That first Indiana Jones movie. Oh, that, one of the best. That whole scene is... Even even like once he get, gets on the plane, they fly away with the snakes. Like everything, that whole opening part of the movie is perfect. There's so much like like cute little stuff too. And then and then when uh, that that same guy, Doctor Octopus, when Indiana Jones is about ready to switch to idol with the sand, the bag of sand, and it cuts to Doctor Octopus, and he's like he's like doing his fingers together, right? Like yeah. like like money, but like both fingers. Like oh 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 oh, you can't see, but like I wish you could see what I'm doing with my fingers. So I'm doing right now. <laughs> The yeah. fuck is his name, dude? Hold on. Well, I don't know his. I've never known his name. Doctor Octopus, Spider Man, movie. Actually, I didn't even until right now. I didn't know that it was the same actor. Alfred Molina. That's his name. Alfred Molina. Okay. Fucking Alfred I, Molina. Benji Alfred Molina's brother. Molina. Not really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get the reference, but that's fine. Um, Angel Player, 2002 World Champion, and Angels Cast. That's fine though. What else you got? Okay. I like I, mean, I like I like that Neil Young does a couple things that are consistent. What else you got in the new interrupt me? <laughs> throughout the whole movie, throughout the whole movie, whatever we see, like the passage of time, and it started in the beginning with like the uh, the outside shots, and it showed like the train, like from yeah, the outside yeah. looking in, and it had like the wheels, and it focused on the wheels. That's when you hear Neil Young like like that noise, yeah, and it constantly yeah. did it throughout. So like when they're galloping away on horses, you hear that noise that's true yeah that was cool i like that but go ahead what else you got i mean i i'm i'm good on the movie um there's really not much else to talk about music musically uh are we, are we done are we gonna call it is that is that where you no 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 I, <laughs> no not at all um oh fuck now i lost my train of thought you made me forget see I'll, 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 I, honestly we haven't got through half of the movie yet i will i will let try we got through the whole movie Oh, dude, there's so much more. We pointed out all the key. We pointed out all the key parts in the movie. So much more. So. What much else more. you got then? But like, what about like like William Blake, the poet himself? Like, well, I yeah, he's a real person. Yeah. But like his his, I, I don't know a lot about William Blake, but I but I do I have gathered I do gather, I do gather that like William Blake did kind of. He was he was kind of like a what do you like counterculture himself. He he despised slavery. He didn't like give a shit about like same sex couples or anything like that. And he also kind of like like I don't know warned about I don't know a, a progress defined by capitalism. I guess is like the best way to 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 say it, mm-hmm. right? Because okay. that's what this movie really is about. Is like progress. The movie's constantly moving forward. They're always going somewhere, right? Ever since the very yeah. beginning with the train, and then the horse, and then the canoe. The movie's always going somewhere. It's always progress, progression. But it's defined by capitalism. It's defined by wanting to to have it all, be the best. That's true. Own everything. Oh. And William Blake, the poet, the, the, the London poet, like he kind of like warned about that. And so I think that's I don't know, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I I think I think it is. I didn't I didn't really do any research on the real William Blake. I just know all I really read was that he wasn't popular when he was alive. He became more famous after his death, much like a lot of artists. But, How annoying! Huh? Like fuck um, that! Like that's why I would never yeah. want to be an artist. Like I don't, I don't want to be popular after I die. Fuck that! Fuck that <laughs> what's shit! What's the point? You're not gonna know. You're yeah. Not gonna know. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. All right, but you know, I I tried to make like a a Canadian connection to the movie. Really, the only Canadian connection is is the guy who played nobody. He is I, wait. He is Canadian, right? The guy who plays nobody, something farmer. I can't even remember his name right now. Yeah, Jordan, he has such like a white Jordan person. Farmer. Name. Yeah, he has such a white person name. <laughs> no, Gary. Um, Gary. Gary Farmer. Yeah, he's from. He's from Gary Ontario. Farmer. Yeah. So he's. I think that's the only Canadian connection the movie has outside of Neil Young. Um, because remember, we got to bring it back to Canada season because we're still in Canada season. Um. And honestly, I don't know why we, <laughs> it wasn't until like last night we were, we thought maybe we shouldn't do this because we have like no notes. We don't know what we're going to talk about. This is it's, kind of like a poor decision on our part. It's not a poor to decision. Do the, it's, to do it this it's, week. A, uh, it's a rash decision. It's, it made sense. And I, you know, I don't give a fuck. Who cares? That's true. I, 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 honestly, I love this movie. I think like, like doing it in black <laughs> and white, doing that motto, Monochromatic nice thing, 
I think it's cool because it highlights a lot of the a lot of the edges, a lot of like the darker tones, especially in like the forest scenes when like the leaves yeah. are on the ground, when that like when Bambi's like dead on the ground. I think the black and white really highlights kind of the darkness of of everything. But then it also highlights like the light parts. And so when we're seeing like the backgrounds of like the the, the mountainscapes and the forest, all like the sun parts particles coming through the trees and everything like that it highlights those things mm-hmm. and so i think the the, the the black and white i don't know i i, I like it but I think in the, it highlights end, a good in the end it just it just gives it the whole movie a somber tone which is makes sense because it, the movie does have a very somber tone there's no there's no happy ending to it it's it's not it's not a happy movie whatsoever and the black and white really adds to that effect i wish it would have would have had like a a reference to something like, like, like for example, Mel Brooks did Young Frankenstein in black and white because it was a throwback to the old Frankenstein movies, the Universal Monster movies. Like there was there was a reason for it, but there was I couldn't find any reason why he filmed this in like a good, interesting reason why he filmed this in black and white. It wasn't like Clerks where, you know, Kevin Smith just didn't have the budget to do a color film. Um, so I don't know why, I don't understand why he wanted to do black and white. I I, th- I think I mean for two reasons. One, it it pops right things things in black and white they pop. And that's, yeah, a little bit. That's like the whole concept of like the Simpsons. Like, why are the Simpsons fucking yellow? Because when you're flipping through your TV and you see yellow people, you're like, what the fuck is this? You're more likely to just at least watch for a little bit. I think like having a movie yeah. in black and white in the mid '90s, like that pops. That's fucking weird. That's it's a bold move. That's avant garde. That's that's artsy. That's that's just weird. That's cool. But I also think that it's it's to to make you focus not necessarily on the in-between but really focus on the stark contrast between the goods and the bads the evils and the and the and the, and the good peoples in this movie and I, I think having color having a lot of greens in the forest takes away from i don't know like the dead bambi it takes away from the bleakness of it all i guess I suppose. and then yeah and then overall too like this movie just about how fucked we are because we've chosen this specific direction for our country and our nation and our people that this is, uh, you know, fuck. It's going to take death for us to realize. Maybe that's what the movie's about. It, it will take death for us to realize that we fucked up. Okay. Because Johnny Depp like, gave away everything he had just for that train ticket, just to get a job who from a guy who owns a factory and treats his employees like shit and just like cuts down forests just to have like, I don't know what the fucking factory he did. But he's like Johnny Depp sold. <laughs> it was like a machine factory just to get or there. something. Yeah, yeah. Just for you well, know, even even Crispin Glover, Crispin Glover kind of warned. Like he asked him, like, "Where are you going?" And he tells him, he said, "That's the end of the line. Like, why are you going?" That he like warns him, saying, "Like, this is a dead end. This is, it, it's foreshadowing what hap- what ends up happening. He he, it is a dead end, literally a dead end for him. So I, I do I do like that foreshadowing that that Crispin Glover." was talking about and alluding to but i don't know Dude, it's so good like the name of the movie dead man right like dead man yeah. yeah because he got shot like no because he was dead the moment we saw him like him like re- like representing society in general representing the best in all of us which is not even that great he was already dead right when we saw him in the train he was already dead yeah. borrowed time yeah i love using that word borrowed love that phrase borrowed time because it's just it's like, oh, it's so good because we take so much shit for granted. And when you're on borrowed time like that, you still take it for granted mm-hmm. until it's yeah. until it's like you're on your fucking deathbed, until like you're you're plummeting to the ground from a skyscraper. You're about to die in seconds. And you're like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have fucking did that. Too late, bro. Too late. <laughs> Too many steps. Too many steps. Damn, All right. Um, going back to the, to the musical aspect of it and the actual Canadian part of this neil young what do you what do you think of his guitar playing do you do you like do you think he did a really good job like from a i got i guess not a technical standpoint but for for what he was what the idea behind it all the improvisation improvisation do you think he did a good job or do you think it was just kind of mediocre because of the circumstances what do you think i don't think he could have done a bad job do i think he did a great job like no no i don't yeah I think he just did what Neil Young does best and he kind of just noodles and because it's Neil Young and because it's so, it's so stripped down and so basic, 
it's always going to be at least good. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I think what he did was safe. But that's fine because again, you know, much like the 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 black and white filming of the movie, I think the focus of this should have been on like the progression of the movie rather than the colors or the actors or the music. So I think Neil Young did a great job in that he played to the movie, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't think what he I don't think his performance is great. Um, I do have it on the vinyls. And I did listen to this yeah. like two times this week, and listening to it on the vinyls because they they intersparse like um like spoken word parts from the movie and some actual like poetry. And it's like it's dude, it's so fucking good. And I don't even care. I don't even care if Neil Young didn't do a great job. Like I love this record. I love that I have on the vinyls. I will never purge this, and I love it. So you also got it for like dirt cheap because it's fucking expensive. I still would have really paid. Dude, I still would have paid like seventy dollars for this if I saw it in the wild. I've never uh, seen I don't this know in the wild that. ever since. I don't know about that. Please, you pay like twenty bucks for it. Yeah. So right. please, I spend, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So I, I listened to this on Apple Music. I ended up. I had a, a month free subscription to Apple Music, so I got that. I listened to a ton of Neil Young this week. Um, listened to this soundtrack a couple times because yeah, he's not on Spotify, so that's that's annoying. But um, it's incredibly. But annoying. yeah, it's, yeah, it's very very. But this soundtrack is like it's a good just it's a good thing to just throw on in the background because then you get like because they're all separate. It's either. Like guitar solo number one, number two, whatever, you know, up to like, I think what is there, seven guitar solos or eight? And then it's interspersed with like what you said, like dialogue in the movie or noises like rainfall or the train or whatever it may be. So that's really cool. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's a good, it's a good background album just to throw on. Like if you're doing like, I mean, I don't do homework anymore, but you know, if you're doing something that you're concentrating, like something... (sighs) I don't know something that you're really concentrating on, just having it on like as ambient sound or music. It's it's perfect for that. So I agree. I it's good stuff. Agree, it's good stuff. And and once again, his, his Neil Young's guitar tone is just incredible. The perfect amount of distortion and crunch, and well, not even crunch, just distortion. It's it's nasty sounding. It's it's awesome. But it kind of goes off of you know at this time in '94 '95, you know grunge was kind of dying out a little bit Kurt Cobain had just died um Neil Young actually wrote a record in kind of like the spirit of or like kind of like a tribute to Kurt Cobain in 94 um so you know he was right in the midst of it you know he had done the album with Pearl Jam or a couple albums with Pearl Jam I believe um and he's considered like the godfather of grunge which I think is lame because I don't know it's just stupid he's better than that he's better than that yeah but but yeah it's just it it's it was an interesting time in his career. I listened to I listened to that one, to the record that was kind of like a tribute to Kurt Cobain. It was good. I mean, it wasn't nearly as good as his '70s stuff, but it was certainly better than the '80s stuff. Um, it was just my problem with the '90s stuff that I listened to, like Harvest Moon, um, the the album that I just mentioned, and a couple other ones. The Pearl Jam album he did. It's just it's too big. I don't think he except. With the stuff like the early stuff with Crazy Horse, the '70s stuff with Crazy Horse, and the Stray Gators, I don't like that big sound. Like a big production, he does his his songs don't translate that well. If that makes sense, it's that big the big production sound. I just don't like it. He works way better as a stripped down musician. That's because Neil Young. Okay, so I, I like. Do you want to talk about his tone or or why I think he's a one trick pony? All of the above. Let's get into it. His tone. I, I think I think his tone is just is just like two things. I think he's using what is it? It's it's a uh Fender Fender Deluxe reverb amp. Mm-hmm. I think that's does most of the work for him. I think he has like one one distortion pedal that he really like really relies on. But otherwise it's all going through that Fender like sixties, early seventies deluxe reverb, which I think is a, like a late sixties amp. So his tone is coming yeah. just from that amp and that's which is so cool. It sounds so good. I like that because it's 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 much like why I like my PV little amp because I like the tone of that. <laughs> and if you just if you don't you like you don't have to modulate so much just to get a tone mm-hmm. that you like. Get get a good amp that that puts out the sound that you like. You know, maybe get one pedal just to distort it a little bit. But overall, like, you don't you don't need to be edge. You don't need to be the edge and and, and do all this cool <laughs> stuff. Tom Rello, calm the fuck down. Just keep it yeah. simple. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. 
And then I think the guitar he used too was like it's um, it's called he calls it old black. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's called old black. It's his, it's one of his customized guitars that he has, but that's what he used on the on the soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a I think it's just a Gibson Les Paul, right? Yeah. Well, I think it, it's modified too. I think it has a not a whammy bar, but a what's that? What's that? Um, like a oh, fuck. What's that called? It's like a whammy bar, but it's like a vibrato, a vibrato. Vibrato tailpiece. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, this is Les Paul, right? Yeah, it's a Les Paul. It's a Les Paul body, at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But also, like, ugly, like, like Neil Young is kind of a one-trick pony. He does the same thing. Okay. He does the same thing over and over. Like, his solos, yeah. everything that he does is kind of like the same thing. Ever since, like, Buffalo Springfield, everything he does is kind of... It's kind of the same. And that's not to say that it's bad because he's been doing the same thing for 50, half a century, and it's all fucking good. It is. It's all fucking good. Outside of the the trans record, pretty much everything, and the rockabilly record, pretty much everything else is fucking great. Like, good to perfect, really. Good to perfect. But yeah, I, I agree with you. He he has the same kind of tone in most of the most of the records. He he does do a lot of the same shit. Those the same. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. But, but I he was does like, a lot of the same shit. Like like ever since we've been jamming at the neighbor's house, I've been trying to like really get into to a little bit more of a deeper I don't know soloing groove, and 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 trying not to be like a Kirk Hammond and, and just stick to like the minor pentatonic. When Neil mm-hmm. Young does a lot, he he sticks to that minor pentatonic. But he adds a lot of these little like I don't even know, it'd be like a he goes from, from doing like a minor scale to like a, a major scale, but on mm-hmm. that what is that? I guess the third. Like yeah, that part. So what he does mm-hmm. is a lot is that little that little part right there on the third, rather than like uh, I guess I can't I'm not explain that well. But yeah, that's what Neil Young does. <laughs> One trick pony. It sounds great all the time that he does it. And I fucking love it. And I wish I could just solo that that simple, that basic like him all the time. Because yeah. it always sounds good. It it works every time. Works every fucking time. It's like Cold 45. Works every time. Um, works every time. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think he, on this soundtrack, he doesn't do anything remarkable, but it's still enjoyable. It's a good listen. It, it adds good depth. It adds good tension to, to the movie. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's nothing compared to his, his stuff in the 60s and 70s because that just that is just beyond perfect most almost all of it is beyond perfect every every um, every studio album that he did in the 70s is perfect except for harvest except for harvest yeah i was gonna say right "Mm." well yeah no i agree i agree everything in the 70s is perfect except for harvest which is it's it's insane that that's like his like most popular record but it's seriously the worst of that era it's what the fuck is not like like Heart of Gold is a great song. I love that song. That's a fantastic. Yeah. That's a beyond banger. But otherwise, nah. Well, even I mean, obviously, people love After the Gold Rush, and rightfully so, because that is, I mean, that is easily his best record. But a lot of people talk about tonight's tonight's the night. Tonight's um, the night. I, I, I mean, it's a great record, but the way people talk about it and just how they say how perfect it is, it's not like they're. There are better records from the '70s than "Tonight's the Night." It, it's also a fragmented record too. I mean, I get like the sadness of it and 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 the timing and theme of the record, but damn, dude, like Harvest, it's not it's not the best from that era. It's still great and amazing, and I'll never get rid of it on vinyl. But it, um, dude, it's not. You still have Harvest? As great as people say this. No, I got rid of Harvest. Yeah, it's in your record store, actually. Yeah, I don't I don't have Harvest either. Yeah. Per that, I don't think I, I. So I got rid of Harvest. I got rid of Comes a Time. I think I got rid of American Stars and Bars. That's all late seventies stuff. Yeah, that's late seventies. But American Stars and Bars is still good. It's yeah, it's, it's still, still a good still, record. It's still really really good. It's just I don't know. Like like you have you have you have thirty forty five minutes to kill. What new young are you gonna put on? Are you yeah, gonna put on American gonna, Stars and yeah. Bars? <laughs> nah. nah. Yeah. I but I I mean comes a time too. That's another that's another banger of a record. That's Surprisingly, a good one. you got rid of that. I know, and I like I like the country aspect to that record. It's fantastic. Yeah. But uh, again, 
You got some time to kill. Nah. And plus, I have like fucking 15 other Neil Young records. I including, know, right? And then that's weird about Harvest, too, because I have this, uh, it's, it's called Live from Tuscaloosa, and it's, it's a live record featuring the Stray Gators during that Harvest era, where it was like Harvest, mm-hmm. I think it was Harvest, and then, were they on Journey to the Past? I don't think they were on Journey to the Past. But then Time Fades Away, that other live album that he, uh, that he did Great in the 70s. Album. Yeah, but yeah, the Stray Gators, man. I think they're they're fucking rad. They're just as kind of, just as kind of cool as Crazy Horse. A little bit more wily, I guess. A little, little bit more aggressively rock based. But I've always preferred Crazy Horse over the Stray Gators. I mean, you, stuff. you don't fuck around with Crazy Horse. You you, just, you can't you can't I, you fuck can't. around they're, with Crazy they were Horse. Too good. It's just, they're too good. But Stray Gators are just as good in some aspects. They are. They are. Um, and you know the whole comeback of you know him getting back together with the harvest guys to do harvest moon talk about an underwhelming record that is just so that is just so of its time like production wise that it just takes away from the songs takes away from his vocals and it's just god that is an overrated album too the harvest moon record so fucking overrated yeah but whatever I mean, most of his stuff after the 70s is kind of overrated um outside of some live performances and stuff but I mean, that's, no, th- that's why he's constantly releasing new records based on old live recordings. I mean, old 70s recordings. Yeah. I mean, look at um, what's the, the record he came out a couple of years ago. What is Homegrown? it? Homegrown? Um, Homegrown, yeah. yeah. Fucking from 1975 yeah. or 1974 or something. Just throws that out there. It's like, dude, this is an incredible fucking record. Like, what? And the reason why he didn't put it out was because it was, what was it like? It was about like an ex-girlfriend and then... There's something super dumb. It was something like that, yeah. It's like, dude, that's like, that's perfect motivation to make a record, you know what I mean? That's what everybody strives for is like heartbreak to to bring out that kind of emotion in your music. And he's like, no, I'm just going to shelf it and make fucking Zuma or whatever he made. I don't know what he made in 1975 for. Which I love Zuma. Yeah, Zuma's fucking good. (laughs) I'm not not talking shit on it, but, but you know what I mean. Oh, no, I think it was a... I think it was on the beach. He put out on the beach instead of uh, instead of uh, homegrown, which is still I love on the beach too. That's which was like a records, flop for him. Yeah, but that's like one of those records too that that people that that's like widely hailed as like one of his best, and that's not that's not like in my top five. Good, I mean, but it's not up my top there, five. But I mean, and you're ex- but are you excluding the live records? No. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair to put the live records into the rankings. Oh my god! It's essentially like putting a comp into your into the rankings. That's not it. You love doing so that. Well. Every time we do Green Day, you're like, "Let's do Well, I'm okay, but not 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 in this instance. Because it's just not fair. It's not fair. So it's not fair. It's a, it's, a, it's a greatest hits. It's a live greatest hits. That's all those records are. Not I all mean, they are, but I mean, they're fucking incredible. You're you're right. They are they are essentially a greatest hits album, but like what we kind of gravitate towards more more than anything else is just kind of like those jam sessions, those like extended yeah. instrumental solo things that they do, and they kind of just riff off each other. And you just you you rarely get that on album, and you always get that on the live stuff. And Neil Young, of course. even though like he kind of stays in his lane, like it's a fun lane. It's a fun lane. It's a fast yeah. lane. He knows when to kind of keep quiet and let everybody else do their thing. Like he's just a good. He's a good guy to jam with. He's a great musician. Great musician. And yeah. I was, um, fuck, I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast a couple months ago, and I don't remember who he had on, but it was another, it was a musician. And he was talking about how he was invited to Neil Young's, some party that Neil Young was throwing at his, at his ranch. And he said that like all the musicians, like all the people you would imagine, all the greats from like the 60s were there, 60s and 70s were there. And he said that they were all like huddled in a corner, just jamming on acoustic guitars, Ugh. just like throwing ideas back, like back and forth, and just literally jamming off of each other. And he said Ugh. it was like, maybe it was Conan, Conan who was talking about it. And he felt like he felt like he didn't belong there because I mean he he's a good guitar player, Conan is, but he just like compared to these greats, he just felt so out of place. But he was saying like there was like just groups of musicians just jamming, just. Because that's what they love to do. They love to play music. And can you imagine going to Neil Young's house and he's just jamming with like Stupid. who knows who who was there? Well, that's like the biggest difference. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Is like like yes, you can be a good guitarist. You can pay somebody 
like in your 40s or 50s, you know, thousands of dollars a year to teach you how to like be Jeff Beck on the guitar. But yeah. like to sit down with actual musicians who have been doing this and listening to music their entire fucking life, who has made it like a part of their persona, their personality, who they are as a person, mm-hmm. you, you'll just never be as good. You To me, you will never be as good. Even if you shred yeah. like Yngwie, if you, didn't have, if, you, if you have not been listening to music this long and made that a part of who you are and you've just like pay to play type of thing, to me, you will never be as good. He's well. No, you're right. No, I think you're right. I think I think you're, you're it, like that. It it sets apart like the YouTube musicians and like actual people who who play in bands. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like you could be the most technically proficient guitarist, drummer, whatever it may be, but you throw them throw them into a band situation and they're gonna fall apart because they don't they can't play to a song, and more likely than not, they can't play a full set of songs like a full hour and a half set you know what i mean like there's this one guy honestly i forgot his fucking name but he's huge on youtube and and tiktok as well but he has this big black beard a drummer I think he's like our yeah he's a drummer oh, he's, i love you know that guy about? dude the guy is the guy is incredible absolutely fuck i've never seen anybody play the drums like him but i mean he does overplay a lot in songs and i get get it that's like his that's, his yeah. whole shtick but I can never, I can't imagine this guy in a band setting because he, one, first of all, he, he obviously has that mentality of wanting to be the leader. So he's going to show off. Right. And the rest of the band's not going to put up with that. Can you imagine that guy jamming? You, so you know who I'm talking about. Do you yeah. remember his name? No, I don't remember his name, but I, I, he plays a lot of like System of a Down. He plays a lot of like a Slipknot stuff too with yeah. one hand. And like yeah. it's fun to <laughs> watch. And I love it. I think it's so cool. And he's always like smoking a joint and kind of goofing off. Um, and, he, and he does like practice a lot. He does know a lot about music, but yeah, wait, wait, that hold is. On, hold on. Oh, hold on there, dude. Oh, oh. Hey, get back here. Come on. Oh, cats are fighting. Cats are fighting. Come on. Monkeys barking. Come on. Dogs are hissing. Okay. Sorry about that. What, what's Sorry. going on over there? Ah, the the animals were fighting. Animals fighting. <laughs> Sounds of animals, buddy. All right, so what were you saying? Sorry, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know what I was saying. I just I say I say a lot of things, and but yeah, half the, the time that I guy, don't even know what I'm saying. He he just he overplays, and he's he's fun to watch. Yeah, in like short clips, but God, I can't imagine the the intensity that he plays at, and the speed, and all that kind of shit. I can't imagine him playing like a full set, like a full hour, hour and a half set. It's just exhausting. Like doing a four minute clip of a song. For YouTube, I mean that's whatever. That's that's fine, but I could never imagine that guy in a, in a in a band setting at all and being successful. Because I just I don't think, I mean that guy does know a lot, or he seems to know a lot about heavier metal music. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know, jamming with people that that are better than me, and you know neighbor friend of the pot Tony who's like really really good. Like he's the best I've ever jammed with at any instrument I've ever seen him play, and so it's yeah. like, I know I know he can be a douche about it if he wanted to be, and whenever we rotate instruments, I'm on drums or whatever. It's it, like he always plays to us. He always like lets us kind of like be, be the lead. And he throws <laughs> yeah. a little licks in here and there. Like he you know, he's got to get his. I get that, but he never makes us feel dumb or unwanted or unwelcome or. Or that we're doing something wrong or holding him back. It's always like trying to make us be better because you're I, right. You know you're what I mean? totally right about that. Cause I mean, I've jammed with them too a few times and you're, you're totally right. Cause he, he's better than every, maybe not Phil. Cause Phil's a really good bass player. I think oh, Phil's better a better Phil. bass player. You think so? Yeah. He's better than Phil. I've never, I've never seen him. Actually, I've never seen him play bass. I've only seen him play guitar. He's, and dude, drums. he's so good. <laughs> Phil's a good bassist though. Yeah. Phil's I don't a know. really good bassist. Okay, well, I mean, I, because Tony just like, Tony just knows more about like music in general. Not not only just theory, but he knows like pop music. He knows like fucking yeah blues music, and and Phil hates blues music. Really, he knows like more about like just <laughs> other genres outside of just you know Phil's forte. And Phil, yeah, like Tony, yeah. I don't know. Tony's just an all around really, really, really great musician, but he never makes you feel like you're not great. He always I like wants, how. I do like though how he does put you down if you talk about music that he loves and you talk shit on it. He immediately like tries to. Oh like, yeah. he gets really upset. It's oh, so he was. He was. Did he was super upset about the Rush episode? Oh, did, oh, he listened to it. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah. 
He thinks we're crazy. He thinks we're absolutely fucking insane. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yep. That's so fucking funny. Because yeah, okay, well, he likes he likes all like the eighties and nineties rush, right? Yeah. As well. <laughs> as well as the seventies stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I mean I think he I think he puts he puts um moving pictures in his top three, if not I think if not his top one. I mean, moving pictures is. I mean, we talked about it. It's it's an amazing record, but it's not damn, top dude. five though. No, it's not. Uh, no, no, it's close no. though. No, it's. I mean, it's close. He if pro- there wasn't five other ones that are exponentially better than. Did it, he yes. probably? He probably put moving pictures number one. He probably put power windows at number two or something shit like that. You know, some eighties or what was that? That shitty YouTube one from like nineteen ninety one. That one was terrible. He actually he actually likes Caress of Steel a lot. So. Oh okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, Tony, he's he's a cool guy and I agree with you. Jamming with him the little bit I have. He uh he's but I very think, look, he's uh, going back to the Neil Young thing. That's yeah. that's I'm I'm done hearing you talk, so I'm gonna keep going. Um <laughs> you're, that's, such, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference between like a like somebody like Conan who can just start like paying for, for classes uh, and things like that, or somebody who's not really good at playing any instrument, but it's just like like you know, they can in, in, intertwine their life with all like types of music. And so when you're mm-hmm. jamming with somebody and like, oh, that was a cool thing we did. We should make it a little bit more Sabbathy or we should make it a little bit more muddy water sounding or we should make it a little bit more like ABBA sounding. And then the person who just listens to a lot of music, like, oh, I kind of know where you're going. I, I don't think I can do it, but let's let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Whereas like like someone who's just been taking classes and regurgitating is just going to like put out something that's so cookie gutter, something that's so... So unsoulful, something that's so <clears throat> generic and, and factory, Ugh. like a creative impulse, like those kids that that took, <laughs> and like over here it's called the, um, what's that? School battle of, of the bands. School of rock. School of rock. It's such a battle of bands. A battle of the bands. Yeah, but but there's there's an actual place. I'm sure it's like a chain, but it's called School of Rock, and you, you throw your kids in there, and they learn how to play guitar and play in bands, and you mm. know they regurgitate like Leonard Skinner and Sweet Home Alabama on stage, and they're first like setting and it's like yeah that's cool i guess i don't know maybe i'm just being gatekeeping a douchebag but i hate that uh, shit no no but i mean it is annoying because i like it it's cool when i know no I don't, i'm not gonna talk never mind i'm not gonna talk shit i'm not gonna talk it, shit. it is it is it, like it's hard because like i i want i want them to like express themselves but then it's like i no listen to the music i want to listen to that's that's where my mindset is coming from but just kids yeah. in general just are not going to want to do what their parents want them to do. That's just human nature of children, right? You always rebel against your parents exactly. until you're like you're yeah. older and you realize, oh, I guess I was a fucking dickhead. So and then you I start doing the same things that that they do. Yeah, yeah. It's like that Green Day song. Oh my God, I'm turning out like my dad from the Grouch. Nimrod, best album. So what else well, you got? Hey, okay, calm down there, buddy. That's you're talking. You're talking. Yep, that's well. That's their best album. So, um. <laughs> uh, that's wrong. But anyway, I don't know. Do, Neil Young. He's just he. He is incredible. I don't know. I don't know if I have much more to say. I think. I think. Um, I think we've gone on way longer than than I've expected <laughs> I us know. to. I, I thought we were gonna do like thirty minutes. We're the, we're hit, we're about an hour right now. So. I don't even know what the. Fuck, we even talked about. I know. I don't know. I think we just kind of rambled on. I guess so. ramble on. Ramble on. Um, damn, dude, we haven't done Zeppelin in a long time, huh? Yeah. We should do Britland season. Ooh, we haven't done Britland season. Yeah, no, not not yet. In the future, sometime in the near future, we'll do Britland season. We should do season. like Latin American season or something like something like just so so out of our our expertise. <sighs> True, but then imagine doing like two three four weeks of you know south american season or something or actually i'd be down to do like brazilian season that yeah. would be cool do do like jorge ben do um uh gilberto yeah Jao gilberto yeah we could do some cool brazilian shit brazilian season might be rad we could do sepultura as well really kind of throw a wrench in it that'd be sick i'm yeah. kind of down for brazilian season brazilian season would be cool I don't know. We, we we already have the next few weeks lined up because we still got to wrap up Canada season. Not going to give any hints as to what we're doing next week, but we're going to wrap up Canada season. Then we have the the week after planned already. Um, bringing it back to hint, hint, hint. Yeah, bringing it back to Orange County. Not Orange County season, oh, but yeah. just an Orange County episode. Um, 
bringing it back for that. But uh, but yeah, maybe Brazilian season sometime soon. That'd be sick. Okay. Okay. That'd be really sick. That would be kind of cool. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do do we have? Should we wrap it up? Should we? Oh, actually, let, let let's rate let's rate the movie and the soundtrack separately. Um, or together, I don't know. We could do whatever. We could do it based off of our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album or, mo- album or movie, two is a good one you're going to continue to listen to or watch, one is bad but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So, what would you give Dead Man soundtrack movie combined separate? What do you think? What do you got? Go. I'll give you. I'll give you all three. I'll give you movie soundtrack combined. Okay. 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 Movie. Movie three out of three. <laughs> soundtrack on its own. Take out the, the the vocal parts of the soundtrack so you don't know anything. Soundtrack two out of three. Oh. Combined three out of three. Done. <laughs> that I think, is so stupid. I think I three think, out of three. I think you have you've I think your dumb goggles have fucking fused to your dumb head. And it's affecting <laughs> you, your dumb brain. I almost said you dumb brain. <laughs> Who's I, dumb I, now? I think uh, no, it's still you. So I think I think maybe <laughs> I think maybe you've just you've just grown old. You're like you're like in, in Citizen Kane. Like you need you need Rosebud to remind you of what it was like to be like a kid, or, or, or remind you what it was like to to hold something dear to your heart, like in your in your youthful days, instead of being an old <sighs> an old senile you know, fuck. So. I, hold, hold on there, dude. I'm not done with my my rankings here, or my my record wrap up. You already have. <laughs> I'm just stretching. Stretch. I was I was just gonna I was just gonna agree with you that, you know, the Citizen Kane reference is kind of true. I've I've kind of become this bitter old man when it comes to to movies and TV shows. Like, there's a lot. I just don't like a lot of it anymore. Even shit I used to love, I I just don't like as much anymore. I'm becoming that bitter old man. And maybe it's just it's about like finding again finding your rosebud like like what is going to take you back to to that childhood what is gonna to to make you feel safe and happy again and and I think I don't think Dead Man like does that but I think Dead Man's a, a fucking fantastic movie I think it's a an extremely overlooked movie from the nineties in in movies in general and I think it's just because because on the surface it's kind of goofy Neil Young did the soundtrack and Johnny Depp's a star. But I mean, it's like a great—I don't know—snippet into into capitalism in the United States in the nineteenth century. I mean, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I think yeah. I think the acting in it is fantastic. I think the writing is great. I think the pacing of it is good. I think the 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 length of the movie itself is fucking solid. I think it's unreal. It, it honestly, Dead Man is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I put it in That's, top twenty. I put it in top twenty. Yeah, yeah. That I watch. I I watch Dead Man at least once a year. And I have Those since, are words, since high school. Those are words. Those are words. <sighs> All right. Um, you know, after after discussing this more and, you know, kind of throwing ideas and, and thoughts back and forth, I'm going to give this a higher ranking than I would have before the show, before this episode. Um, I do like all of the nuance to the, to the movie and everything. Um, I do like that it was shot in black and white. I mean, I'm not going to go over everything we already talked about. We spent like a half hour on that shit. Uh, I'm going to rank the movie. I'm going to rank the movie a 2.5. I'm going to rank the soundtrack a two. And then to average it out, I'm going to overall, it's a 2.25. 2.25 as a whole. You gave gave the movie by itself 2.5. You gave the soundtrack a two. Correct. And then put them together. You just you just split the difference. I split the difference because why oh not? Oh my god! Well, then you put things together and it becomes <laughs> something better. Uh, okay, fine. Oh, okay, right. Uh, change my ranking. Okay, you you like it's like, easy to convince me this. Tonight, like you drink a glass of milk on its own, it's one thing. You eat like a spoonful of dry ass cereal on its own, that's another thing. You put them together, fucking fire, right? Or like an Oreo, milk and Oreo. Oof, exactly. That good. Like sometimes milk like things go together and it makes them better. Then they were on their own. Don't split the difference. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then in, in the end, overall, I'll give the movie soundtrack, um, movie and soundtrack a 2.5 out of 3. 2.5 out of 3. <laughs> okay. After this that's, discussion. That's that's higher. So, so essentially like adding the soundtrack to the movie <laughs> did nothing for you. 
because you gave the movie by itself a 2.5 and the movie and the soundtrack a 2.5. So you yes. could just do without the soundtrack entirely. No, no, the soundtrack is important. But you give the, you, no, it's not important though. You give the same exact score. So therefore it is not important. Okay, here we go. 2.75. 2. 2. Uh, no, 2.6. Let's just say 2.6. Okay, that's, that's fine. It made it better. Thank you. That's all I want. That's it. God, just unbelievable. unbelievable. I, just want you, I just want you rankings to make sense. I want them to be consistent and I want them to just be real. Like, you know, I don't know who you're trying to impress <laughs> out here. You can't see, dude, my arms are all over the place. I'm like, I'm like flapping my wings like all over the place as if anybody can fucking see me. Surprised you so. haven't knocked anything over, unplugged anything, you know. Well, that's, I don't do that. That's what you do, but that's fine. All right, so yeah, I gave this a 2.6. You gave it a, a 3 out of 3, which is insane, but okay. It's that's fine. Movie. Well, it's not. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else on this? Neil Young, Canada season. What do you got? Nope. Go watch Midsummer. Oh, God. I'm not, I don't know if I can. But uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. We're going to wrap up Canada season next week with an actual Canadian band, um, not a soundtrack. We're going to wrap it up with something good. Hope you guys all enjoy. Couple, we've had a couple of requests for this band. That's a little hint right there. So uh, so that's what we're doing next week. Uh, check it out. Keep listening. Tell your friends. And that's it. That's all. Yeah.